La 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 la. Can you hear me? Cannot hear you. Now you can. Oh, there you are. Yes. It helps if I have the fader turned up, doesn't it? <laughs> and you call yourself a sound engineer. Jeez. This is the Sheer Isolation Podcast. It's presented by Kieran Moore and John Ponting. You are listening or watching the Sheer Isolation Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We are on show 18. It's, uh, they're flying by, Kieran. Absolutely flying by. They are flying by. It's, um, I think as you get older, you have less time you know, left in your, in your clock. And so time just flies by quicker. When you're young, you've got all the time in the world. It goes really there, slowly. There was a theory about this. I'm, I wasn't expecting to get geeky quite so early on. But when you're two years old, one year is yeah. half of your life. But when you're 100 yeah. years old, one year is only one hundredth of your life. So that, that, that's the theory of, of yes. why time seems to speed up as you get older. There you go. Well, okay. it, it makes sense. The purpose of this show is to promote local music in the west of England, everywhere from Bristol to Swindon, Wiltshire and the Cotswolds. Um, we, we've got a cracking guest with us uh, this week, Seth Bai, who's uh, Sarancester-based. He's uh, part, of the, part of the more traditional folk set, but he's got involved with uh, different musicians and they've, they've formed a real fusion band, which uh, is fascinating. And, and as he goes on to talk about, also part of the, the Gifford Circus Ensemble, um, which Kieran was absolutely loving. Very del- I'm very happy with the Gifford Circus. I do like their ensemble. <laughs> This week's product placement, it's, it's what we should have had last week, uh, but I drove home and forgot it. So this is a, it's a five-track EP by a Bristol band called Dog-Eyed. Uh, and Dog-Eyed, oh, actually, it tells you, it says Dog-Eyed are. Dog-Eyed is Jonathan Minto, Harriet Elder, I, kn- I know neither of those people, but it's Tim Rowing Parker. Now, Tim is the singer and principal songwriter in Wonows, and he used to be, a long time ago, used to be in Crazy Arm. Uh-huh. We played Wonows uh, a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? We did. I actually love Wonows. So I bought this because I had like a spare 15 quid uh, somewhere in PayPal or whatever. So I bought this vinyl. It's, it plays the same both sides. So it's five tracks. That flip it over and it's the same five tracks. Well, I assume it is. I haven't flipped it over yet. but Right. Track, over to you. Because you've uh, been listening to the stuff that's been sent through to us. Share at isolation at gmail.com if you want to send us a track. You've been listening to it all okay. This week's song I've chosen uh, is a Bristol-based musician called Lady Nadine. And she was introduced to me earlier this week by a chap called Leander, who I think... Do you know Leander Morales? No, I don't you know really Okay, you, you might know Leander when you see him. He's very involved in the Southwest music scene. There's loads of promotes and he's a musician. Blah, blah, blah. He introduced me to this musician, Lady Nadine, in, in Bristol. And I listened to one song. It's the song we're going to play you now. And it's called Sweet Honeybee. And I instantly fell in love with it i was like it was so instant she's got this lovely rich silky voice very, quite traditional quite straightforward musically um, i don't think it re- reinvents the wheel but it is absolutely fantastic so well executed you'd think she was on a major label with major label backing and all the rest of it and she's just this wonderful musician from bristol who just bangs out these wonderful songs and i just instantly fell in love so this is lady Dean. Sweet Honey Bee. Caught my eye on a Sunday Chilling out in the afternoon I felt my temperature rise when you turned your head to look at me 
you were reading that off something yeah i keep forgetting the name of the song it's i've only only heard it yesterday so it's still not not lodged in there yet in the old noggin um and i also listened to like her entire back catalog today so song titles who who actually remembers song titles these days john you it's did when you looked at the sleeves of a record but because back in the day you'd, you'd pick all your favorite songs out you'd put them on a cassette and then you'd write yeah. the name down yeah. you'd write the track down on the little sleeve and then you'd give the cassette to the girl that you fancy. And, and these days, the computer does it all for you. You don't, you don't even look at it, do you? Now you, just, you, just quick, you just press shuffle, don't you? And that's it. We've gone on to one of our old man conversations again. Here we have. We've managed to right, kids today. <laughs> Time for us to introduce our guest for this week, who's a, it's a chap I've known for several years now, um, Seth Bai. He is um, part, part of the folk scene around the Cotswolds, has been for quite a long time, and couple of reasons I wanted to get him on there which are covered in the interview first off because he joined Gifford Circus um, at the end of last year which excited you Kieran because you love the Gifford Circus. I love Gifford Circus. 
Um, and obviously then through lockdown, the, the, the shows have all been cancelled, so he didn't actually get to, to perform with them, which is a shame. But also because he's quite heavily involved with, with the folk scene and being part of a folk band, he has been performing in quite, a, quite an old-fashioned way during lockdown. So whereas everyone else has been playing in their bedrooms and streaming, they've actually been going out into the village and being able to perform live while still following social distancing rules, which I think is amazing. In, in practically in people's gardens, just literally rocking up at their house. They didn't know they wanted it, but as soon as they started playing, nobody could turn them away. <laughs> well, that's because you can't get close enough to time to go awake. <laughs> no, that's right, that's it. And they can't hear them over the, over the music. And they're not amps, ah. so you can't go and plug, unplug them. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my dream. Because I, 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 I really, probably, if you had to pin a type of music down that I love the most, it probably would be that Balkan-style gypsy jazz because there's just something about it that like, speaks to my soul and it just makes me want to get up and dance. That really works with the circus, obviously. It, you know, it, it really chimes really well. But that would be my dream, just opening the door one day. Instead of carol singers, like this Russian guy doing the Cossack dance and some like, fiddle going in the back. That'd be amazing. Wouldn't that be, that'd be far better than Christmas carols? I would absolutely love that as well. And I know what you mean about the, the Balkan sound. It's they kind of have bum notes in there, but it works. It's part of but the sound, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I want to say both that dreary sound, but also that exciting sound. I, we each want to listen it, more, but it, it's... really it's, upbeat, exciting, sad music. It really is, yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, exactly. we, we'll hand over to that interview with Seth. <laughs> One of the things we've been talking about on, on the podcast for the last couple of months during lockdown is we've been saying that there has been no live music going on anywhere and, you just, and you're just having to rely on people streaming and, and people on, online doing gigs that way. But you kind of broke that trend, didn't you? Because you have been doing gigs outside for quite a while now. Yeah, that's right. So myself and a few friends just moved into this big old house together. It used to be a pub called The Pack Horse. Um, and I'm living with a few other musicians as well. So we thought, oh, we may as well start playing some tunes, um, having a little practice. And then we thought, well, why don't, why don't we do a gig in the village? And we moved in and we thought it'd be a nice way to welcome ourselves to the, to the other people living here. So we just put on a tiny little gig on the village green, which is Everyone always says it looks a lot smaller than it does even on the live stream. It's just tiny patch of grass, set up a drum kit there, and everyone's been watching from their houses, very socially distanced, but their gardens, yeah. So, so what village are you in? Uh, so we're in Ampney St. Peter, so one of the Ampneys. It's, it's just outside of Cirencester. One of those villages that's small enough to, uh, as you said, that you can just play on, on the green and everyone in the village can hear. You're, you're effectively doing free gigs. You were streaming it as well, though, weren't you? Yeah, exactly. We just did the first, we thought we'd do the first one as a one-off and see how it went. And everyone's loved it. It's been great because lots of musicians are in this tricky position where we don't have any gigs and it's a struggle to make any kind of income. Obviously, we haven't been making any money from this, sadly, but it has been, it has been something to keep us occupied and keep us busy. So we've been doing a gig every other week. So we give ourselves a week off and then on the Monday, we, we just get together a set for the Friday it's a case of bashing a load of our favourite tunes, get the set together. And yeah, people have just been watching from the village, from their gardens, gather around. We had one thing that happened a couple of weeks ago, which was that someone, from, there's, there's lots of Ampneys, Ampney St. Peter, and there's an Ampney St. Mary, which is the next village along. And then we had someone come up to us at the end and said, oh, that was great. Um, we, we were walking in the field just by our house and we heard music. So we just followed the sound of the drums. And here we are. So they'd heard us from the next village. Oh, I, I will investigate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
live music follow that sound absolutely uh seth tell, tell me about the band who, who is the band so the band is myself i play fiddle do a bit of harmony singing and then we've got i'm the only non-sibling there's two siblings uh, the meredith brothers andy and david andy plays the drums and david plays the guitar a bit of clarinet and sax and he's the singer as well the three of us were due to be in the gifford circus band this year just before that all got cancelled we were meant to, yeah we were meant to be playing in the Gifford Circus. It's not your typical like do 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 little circus. It, it, it's it's kind of upper level. You well for starters it has you. It, it has a, a live orchestra to to do the entire the entire show, which is quite a special event when you're there. Yeah, exactly. I think it's it's something a bit different. I and I always try and describe it to people, and it's very it's very a tricky thing because yeah, like you say, people think do 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 little and just kind of a lot of those circuses are kind of a showcase of different acts which Giffords is, but it, what they have, which other circuses don't, is they, they make it into a show each year. So they have a theme. It could be anything from what well, last year was Summer of Love, kind of 60s, 70s, hippie vibe. They've even done like a Baroque show in the past. We, we, go to, we always go to Giffords every year. We go to Giffords. We always go to it when they go to Marlborough. So we go to the Marlborough. Mm pitch and tent and we watch it there and the first year that I went I can't remember it was God, five six seven years ago now but um it was the band that sold it to me I walked in and it was the way that they set things out and the band are sort of in one corner that you can't be in a corner in a circle but you know what I mean to one side and I was like this is amazing the, the live band really add a certain sense of drama that just a recording can't capture um, yeah I think that's it we're just always trying to bounce off you know if you have a track if the the act at the time then deviates yeah that's not going to be responded to whereas yeah if you've got a live band you've just constantly got that energy and you're bouncing off each other absolutely how how does that work with playing and performing because because in a way you you obviously need to plan because what the, the circus show is about an hour and a half in total i guess and, and you've got to yeah. play all the way through that so you've effectively got a 90 minute score that you're performing three times a day but things do go wrong in circuses and things go off script so how do you how do you play consistently like that <laughs> good question i think well this was going to be my first year so i haven't i haven't done a show as of yet but I, you know having lived with the circus guys I feel feel like i've gone on tour because i've just heard all the stories anyway you know but i think there's, there's a musical director so we get together and there's a few weeks of rehearsal where everything's planned um but it's just a case of oh no, this thing, this thing in the act might have gone wrong. It'll be covered. You know, we'll, we'll just loop around this section, you know, a little hand signal, it's looping round. Just keep ramping, style it out, you know. It is like an orchestra then, isn't it? Like a real proper orchestra. You've got a conductor moving the music along at the right speed for the, for the show. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of the time, the tempos and the speeds are really, really important. Like you wouldn't think it, but whenever there's animals involved, they respond, you know, they're trained for one exact piece of music and that tempo. And if it's not the exact speed, it can actually throw the animals because they're, they kind of get locked into this one groove. All right. That's interesting. I never knew that. Yeah. So if you play and, fast, the horse is going to gallop faster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and even like doves and, and chickens and all sorts. Yeah. Yes, the chicken. I love the chicken. The chicken yeah. is great. <laughs> goes goes around the the circus ring yeah it comes out and then you get the little tune and it runs back in and that's it it's brilliant <laughs> um the littlest things please you don't they kieran 
<laughs> very, I'm very easily pleased. Um, um, Seth, you mentioned earlier on there about how you were, were with the, the circus family, and I suppose this kind of happened, lockdown kind of kicked in, I, I guess, as you were starting to practice and, and get the show ready. What, what stage had you got to before everything had to be put on hold? We'd started the first week and a half of rehearsals. It was coming on really well, sounding good. It's just, just getting a stage of, you know, thinking about putting the music to the acts. And then the decision sadly had to be made to call it all off. So we had tunes ready, costumes it's, good it's to go. Every show. So it's, it's new music every time. Uh, every year. Yeah. But yeah. Then, and then we do that show three times a day for six months. And no, because you and you live in, don't you? You actually literally live in wagons on the road. You take the, you take your wagons with you, don't you? You live the whole experience. Yes, when you're in it, you're in it. You know, it's it's a very intense but wonderful it's experience. Those hotels and driving between things. It's it's the whole it's the whole experience. Oh yeah, you get a bunk or a wagon. You live on the road. But yeah, I mean, you wouldn't really spend that much time in it anyway, because you're just constantly doing the shows. But then we travel all over, mostly the south of England, but. This year, we were meant to be doing two different dates in London, I think, for quite a few weeks. Um, so up and down, but all over, really. The main circus event the, was going to be called the Hoolie this year, wasn't it? Is that right? Or was that last year? Yes. Or yes, the Hoolie, yeah. kicking up a party, folk-themed. Yeah, so that, that all got cancelled, but you are, the, the circus is trying to do something this year, and that's what the feast is about, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, so the feast is a never-been-done-before thing, actually, because it, they're still doing three shows a day. Uh, but it's really focused on incredible restaurants. Circus Sauce, they're doing afternoon tea, lunch, dinner, and cabaret-style circus show. And then the Hooli, which is going to be this year's show, which was the last show ever produced by the late Nell Gifford, uh, is now going to be happening next year. So I'm on board for that. So we're all just holding out till next March when it starts up again. Fingers crossed for you. Um, I know Kieran said yeah. that he always goes to the one in Marlborough. I always go to the one in Minchinhampton. Because uh, I think that's such oh, a yeah. lovely spot. Up on Minchin Hampton Common, you go to the circuit, do the first show, like the midday show, and then go into the common and have a picnic for the rest of the afternoon. That is bliss. It's a lovely afternoon. Have a nice a Winston's ice cream. Exactly, yeah. I've got to oh, introduce yeah. you, my daughter, quickly, because... Dolly. got her dolly. <laughs> Hello. This is one of, this is, uh, he's one of the musicians in the Gifford Circus. Yes, hello. Youngest Gifford Circus fan. Brilliant. Have you seen the show? You're five, and have you seen the show? Have you seen the show before? Yeah, I've been, yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> twice, you've been twice, there you go. Because <laughs> one I think saw a bird, and then Neo, we saw chickens, and Neo, and I don't know. I think they were like, they were parrots. And parrots. No, they're just parrots. Okay. No birds, just parrots. Not, not the bird kind of parrot. Not the bird kind of parrots, the parroty kind of parrots. Do you want to take Tweedy Doll away now? <laughs> go on, you take Tweedy Doll and you go and play with Tweedy. <laughs> I was going to say, we haven't really touched on the, the Gathering Tides and, and that's the track that you've picked, isn't it? So I, I know you, you live with the Gathering Tides and you describe yourselves as folk fusion. What, what are you fusing with? Good question. Whatever we can, to be honest. For, for me, I'm, I'm the, the real folky in the band, being the fiddle player. And then this is a band that was based in Birmingham. I spent some time at the conservatoire there a few years ago, uh, which is where I studied music and met all the band members there. So the guitarist is into prog rock. The drummer plays a strange kind of world kit. He's into samba and all sorts. Uh, And our bass player is uh, one of the jazzers. So kind of folk rock, jazz, 
and tiny bit of prog probably. So we just try and mix things up and it's a bit of a bit of a festival party band really, Gathering Tides. Mm-hmm. That sounds very interesting. Yeah, and we've got one of the tracks we're going to play, which is uh, Stop Motion. The, the video hurts my eyes a bit. I've got to be honest. <laughs> That's, I'm glad. That's exactly what we're going for. Yeah, it's very strange. But we wanted it to be, like our music, a bit of a strange mix of things. Um, so this is, yes, yeah, the track off our latest EP, which came out. It was going to come out in autumn, but we decided our tour's probably going to get cancelled. So we may as well get the because we were just been sitting on the ep we thought we may as well just get it out uh, so we released it in may and yeah stop motion is one of the the first singles from the new ep
so that track was Stop Motion by Gathering Tides, which uh, features uh, Seth Bai, who we've just been chatting to. He's a fascinating, fascinating chap. He's got a lot going on. <laughs> he's got a lot going on. Really interesting. And he's multi-instrumentalist. And I'm really always impressed by people who can play in multiple disciplines. And can you imagine having to, to play a 90-minute score three times a day with the variation of it being for a live performance? That's needs talent. Professional footballers can't do it. So they are more athletic than professional footballers. Nice. Right, we've got a couple of bits of news, Kieran. So we have a knack on this podcast of being out of date before we go live. Because two weeks yeah. ago, we said that there were no gigs. And then a day later, the government announced we can have gigs. In last week's show, we said there are all these gigs going on. And then a day later, half of them got cancelled. So where are we now? What, what is the rule? Um, God, who knows? <laughs> uh, funnily enough, actually, I had a lovely, really long conversation with Rob Dahl from The Cheese and Grain earlier. And uh, he's informed me that the cheese and grain are doing some pilot tests uh, for shows. Um, and they have a capacity. Their venue is 800 cap. They're going to be reducing it to 120, all seated. And they're basically going to do a bunch of acoustic style shows or like one band band type shows. Um, so I think people are gearing up to go back to doing a form of gig. But the whole issue still stands of affordability. Um, once you've paid the talent, you know, once you've increased your costs with extra um, staffing, is it financially viable? And the answer is probably still no. But for the cheese and grain, they they need to do it. They need to keep engaging their, their audience and remind people that they're still alive. So they're going to do it anyway, even if they lose money. As I understand it at the moment, the, the reason why quite a few gigs got cancelled on the 1st of August was because the government changed the rule about indoor gigs. So is that still the case? Can you only have live music in an outdoor scenario? As I understand it, yes, that's right. Yeah, you can't do indoor stuff yet. Um, obviously, um, last week we announced, or I announced John Gomes performing. That's in December. So I'm effectively hedging my bets that come December we'll be allowed indoors again for events. Um, there is a massive moral quandary here. So should you really be selling tickets for events that are indoors or in, in involving people being together? Um, I went to a circus at the weekend in Bristol, socially distanced. I was comfortable in that environment. It was safe. I believe I can make events safe. So yes, I, I don't have an issue selling tickets, but again, my event is in December. There's no right or wrong. We're all, everyone's trying to sort of figure us out the best way they possibly can. And everyone's interpreting it all slightly different. We, we do seem to be in a bit of a, a flux of inconsistency as well. Cause um, I saw a post earlier on from Sarah at mind your music, which is a Bristol based charity that um, organizes uh, amateur choirs for people's well-being, mental health and, and all that kind of stuff. Amateur choirs are not allowed to gather at the moment for more than maximum is six, but professionals can gather to practice. Professionals are allowed to, but they're allowed to perform their wind instruments live as well. If you're a professional, who dictate, who, who's the arbit, who's the arbitrator here to say who's professional, who's not, if you're being paid for it, are you professional or is it, if it's your only source of income, you're a professional. And what happens um, when you're a charity, if, if you're a charity, does that automatically make you an amateur? Basically, it's all ham-fisted, and I hate to keep knocking the government and complain, but it, I understand it's a really big, complex beast. Lots of people are giving you lots of information, and they're trying their best, and just, but ultimately it comes down to, effectively, whatever you, whatever you feel you can justify seems to be okay. That would, be, would appear to be my interpretation of the whole thing. If you, know, if I, <laughs> if you had to put a pin in it, that would be it. Be sensible and, and stay safe and do what Be you sensible can. And stay safe. Yeah. Just do what you can to stay safe. And if you don't feel comfortable going to an event, don't go. There is no fear of missing out. Gigs will happen again. 
um, you're not going to be missing out by not attending these things. So if you don't feel comfortable going, don't go. I'm going to leave it That's there. It. Brilliant. So, <laughs> right, John. I will leave you be. Pleasure. Always a pleasure, John. I like seeing you. I like seeing your face on a weekly basis. Well, you're stuck with me for a while now because we've said we're going to do this for a while. Next week's guest is going to be Annie Gardner, who was formerly of hysterical injury. She now has a solo project that she's doing. And Annie's got a really lush, interesting history in regards to music. She's, she's done some art installations. She's done all sorts of stuff. We're going to pick her brains and find out all about it next week. And it'll be very, very interesting. Nice. Same time, same place. Wherever you yeah. listen or watch us, we will be back. Same time, same place. <laughs> See so you later bye, on. Bye, y'all.